Welcome to the Holistically Healthy Podcast, where I, Sedona Treganing, nutritional therapy practitioner and NASM certified trainer, bust health myths and teach you how to become the healthiest, most confident version of you. Something that needs to be talked about is all of the ingredients in our food that are causing us harm. So if you think that you're eating healthy based on the food pyramid or based on what your high school health class told you, and you're still having issues like headaches or acne or maybe fatigue throughout the day, you're probably including a lot of these ingredients in your diet without even knowing. So this episode is going to be dedicated to ingredients that you're going to want to avoid for overall health. Like I said, if you have any of those ailments or any gut issues, hormonal issues, or you just want to be healthier, you want to avoid cancer, any of those things, these are going to be the ingredients that you want to avoid. I also want to say that there is the whole idea of the 80-20 rule. So that's going to be 80% of the time you can stick to like more of a whole foods-based diet, a healthier diet, and 20% of the time, you know, you can have at it with more of the processed foods. The only thing I will say to that is make sure it is the 80-20 rule. Because when I go over a lot of these foods, you're going to notice that by going through your pantry, you probably consume more of them than you realize. And so I would recommend, again, if you're dedicated to your health, I would recommend after this episode or during this episode, going through your pantry and sorting out the things that may not be that great for you and trying to find healthier alternatives um, just so that you can stick to this 80-20 rule. So the first thing that I want to talk about is non-organic food. Now, this is controversial because a lot of people know that organic food still has chemicals in it or still has pesticides, right? Well, the thing is, is that organic food cannot have Roundup and glyphosate and other really, really toxic type of pesticides. So they're going to be less harmful than something that's non-organic. But the thing is, is that organic is typically more expensive. So I know a lot of people can't afford organic foods, so something I recommend is going to ewg.org or the Environmental Working Group and looking up the Clean 15 list and the Dirty Dozen list. Basically, what this list is, is they list out Clean 15, right? So they list out 15 different foods that are going to be cleaner, even if they're more conventional, they're not organic foods. So those things you can buy conventional. You don't have to get them organic. And then there's the dirty dozen. So there's going to be a list of 12 foods that are highly, highly sprayed with chemicals or pesticides. And so you want to avoid those foods or get organic versions. So that's a really good way to look at it so that you don't have to buy everything organic. But also what you can do is you can also try Imperfect Foods. So that's a food service where you can go online, you can look up Imperfect Foods, and you'll be able to buy foods that wouldn't be able to be used in a like grocery store because they look funny. But the thing is, they still have the same nutritional quality as any other food. They just don't look great. Like maybe you get a carrot that looks like a finger. or Maybe you get a pepper that is like cut in half, you know, those types of things. But they're still great foods and you can get those delivered to your door. And again, the reason why this is so important is because even at normal levels found in food, um, scientists have found evidence that glyphosate residues can actually disrupt the gut bacteria of rats, and it can also alter the human microbiome. So that's why this is so important. So again, try and get organic as much as possible. If you can't afford it, try Imperfect Foods or try sticking to the Clean 15 list and the Dirty Dozen list that you can find on ewg.org. Okay, the next two things are going to be really kind of shocking to you because a lot of people consume these things. But the first one is going to be artificial food dyes. So this can be found in candy, ketchup, salad dressing, um, fruit juices, supplements, cereals, and also in medicine. So I know if you go, there's a lot of like cough syrup, right? 
If you look at the cough syrup, a lot of them have artificial food dyes. For example, like red 40, yellow 5, yellow 6. Those things are food dyes. And so what happens is these food dyes, specifically the ones that contain benzene, they can cause cancer. It's a cancer-causing substance. And it's crazy that it's found in medicine. So that's why you want to be really careful. Another thing is like red 40. It was in Skittles. I think they're going to like recall Skittles. I, I haven't kept up to date with the whole story, but red 40 can actually cause cancer and it can also worsen symptoms of ADHD. And so again, these things are probably in a lot of the products you consume. Like I know for me, I, I went through and I found it was in so much of like the medicine that I have. I'm not saying I use that medicine, but like people in my household use it. It was in a lot of like the ketchup, for example. That's why I use Primal Kitchen ketchup because it doesn't have the artificial food dyes in there. So just be careful, especially with like supplements. You know, you'll get like an energy drink. And if you pour it out of the can, nine times out of 10, it's a different color. It's not just a see-through color. It's orange or red or blue. And that's not natural. That's It's not like blueberries made it blue. It's not like a cherry made it red. They're artificial food dyes. So again, you want to be careful with those things, especially if you're already predisposed to cancer or if you're predisposed to having something like ADHD. That's when you really want to pay attention to these things. Speaking of artificial ingredients, well, a lot of these things are artificial, but artificial sweeteners are also really huge. The big ones are going to be sucralose and aspartame. This doesn't include stevia, doesn't include monk fruit, but the sucralose and the aspartame are the big ones. And these are going to be found in energy drinks a lot of the time pre-workouts, protein, anything that's sugar-free. And I know that this is really popular in diet culture. And I know that I used to go sugar-free when I was a competitor for bodybuilding. And I would get like the Walden Farms products or I would get a lot of like energy drinks like Bang Energy or Rain. And these things have the artificial sweeteners. So I know from my own experience, the aspartame definitely screws up my stomach more than sucralose, but both of them are not going to be great. And what's interesting is, is that these sweeteners already like anecdotally, you know, they're going to cause bloating and GI upset. But another thing is, is that, you know, we're thinking that we're having these sugar-free things that they're better for us in terms of fat loss. But although they might be slightly better in terms of fat loss, they still impact our blood sugar. So they still spike blood sugar to where you're going to get crashes, not only from the caffeine, but because of the, the sucralose and the aspartame. And it can also like worsen insulin resistance. If you're having like two, three, four, five products with artificial sweeteners in it, maybe that's like a, a protein bar, a protein shake, and then a pre-workout and then BCAAs, you're already up to five servings of artificial sweeteners a day. And then maybe you have a Diet Coke. That's really going to impact your gut. And it's also going to impact your blood sugar. And actually, there was a study. So I know a couple of years ago, it was like up in the air on whether these things actually impacted your gut. But there was a study on humans and they found that sucralose does impact blood sugar and it also will change the gut microbiome. So it will alter your gut. And that's where you're getting the GI upset. That's where you're going to get a lot of these gut issues over time because it does change your bacteria. And another thing, too, is when I was implementing these artificial sweeteners in my diet when I was bodybuilding. So I first started with a couple drops of Mio in water and then I would go with three drops of the Mio in the water, the same amount of water, and then four, and then five. And by the end of prep, I basically was just drinking the water flavoring, the Mio, by itself. Because your body gets in your taste buds, they get accustomed to the sweetness in these things. And so that's where, you know, having them in small quantities, like I'll admit, I had a Diet Coke, I think like a week ago. Like having them in small quantities isn't going to have a, a crazy impact on you. 
But over time, there are going to change your taste buds. So that's where you're not going to find fruits as enjoyable. You're not going to find vegetables as enjoyable. And you're going to always look for something sweet. That's where those sugar cravings come in, not just from, again, its effects on blood sugar, but also just on how it changes your taste buds and the foods that you actually crave. So make sure you're checking all your foods. Don't go for the sugar-free items. Again, try and stick to whole foods. A lot of these things that I'm going to talk about can be solved by sticking to a primarily whole foods-based diet. And even if it is a processed food, for example, like I have the Siete chips, they don't contain these artificial sweeteners. They don't contain these inflammatory oils, which we'll get to in a second, or any sugar or anything like that. You know, mildly processed foods are okay. You want to try and stray away from things that have artificial ingredients in it. And also, just a side note too, is even when it says natural flavoring, keep in mind that there's really no regulation into what is natural flavoring. They, they, it could still be synthetic. So that's where it's really important to have good education on what foods are actually from the earth and what foods are synthetically made. And that's where coaching comes in. <laughs> but anyways, the next thing that I wanted to talk about is refined sugar. Okay, at this point, you're probably like, okay, I can't have anything. I can't have fake sugar. I can't have real sugar. I know it's really frustrating, but again, stick to that 80-20 rule. And then also just be aware, be aware of these things so that you can make an informed decision. Like there are times where I have refined sugar. Again, it's not going to kill me when I have refined sugar, but I know what it does to me. And I know that it's going to give me a headache. I know it's going to change my gut microbiome. I know it's going to have all these impacts. So then I make the decision on whether I want to have those consequences or not. So with that being said, with refined sugar, we typically know, especially if you follow me, that that's going to spike our blood sugar or the sugar in our blood, right? And so that can cause dysglycemia or dysregulated blood sugar. Let's go over a scenario, right? So let's say that you have cereal in the morning and you have coffee with sugar. Okay, so your blood sugar is going to spike because of all the carbohydrates in the sugar. And then your body is going to try and produce insulin, which is a hormone that will basically shuttle the blood sugar out of the blood because we don't want it in the blood. It's going to shuttle it into the muscle cells, liver cells, or store it as fat. And so then what happens is, is when we have these huge, huge spikes, our body's like, holy shit, we have to bring this somewhere. It can't be stuck in the blood. So that's where our body's going to overcompensate. And then we're going to have a crash. So we're going to have low blood sugar. When our body crashes, we're like, okay, we need more sugar to bring it back up again. So this is where if you notice that you have fluctuations in energy throughout the day, for example, you get super tired before a meal and then you get energy after a meal or Maybe you get tired after a meal, for example, on Thanksgiving when you get super tired. It's probably because of all those carbs and the blood sugar spikes and then you get those crashes. Okay, that's what refined sugar does, especially when you don't have fiber to accompany it and you don't have protein to accompany it or a fat source. Because it, when it's straight carbohydrates, it's not going to blunt the response of the blood sugar. It's actually just going to be straight blood sugar and that's when you're going to feel like shit. So you want to avoid the refined sugar. And specifically like high fructose corn syrup. We want to avoid high fructose corn syrup because this is what caused the highest spike in the blood sugar because it's it's fructose and it's very, very easily converted into to glucose. And what happens is when we consistently have these spikes in blood sugar, we're going to try and store the sugar in our, like I said, in our muscle cells, in our liver cells, or in fat cells. So when the storage is full in our muscle and our liver... The glucose is then going to be stored as triglycerides in adipose tissue. So that's where a chronically high intake of refined sugar is going to cause more fat storage. That's going to cause especially like more abdominal fat, more adipose tissue. So and that's when triglycerides are going to be high and that's when you're going to get a host of all other conditions, like especially heart conditions. One study actually they did, they found the fasting blood glucose levels. So your glucose levels when you wake up in the morning um, above 95 
they had three times more risk of developing type 2 diabetes than those with the fasting blood glucose levels below 90. And so this can also lead to like non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So there's a host of issues when we continuously have refined sugar. And again, these things are going to be found in high fructose corn syrup can be in peanut butter if it's not like a natural peanut butter. It could be found in, you know, protein bars a lot of the time, pretty much any packaged food, a lot of baking goods, because also the high fructose corn syrup is so cheap that a lot of these low quality foods, like the packaged foods that you're going to get at the grocery store, they have these detrimental things. So definitely, definitely make sure that you're avoiding this. Um, Stick to stevia or honey. Honey is really great, Um, especially like when we get these natural sweeteners like honey or fruit. They have other benefits. They have um, honey's really great at like H. pylori. Um, so an H. pylori infection is actually something that 50% of the population has. And that's a bacteria that can cause ulcerative colitis, a lot of stomach pain, burping. What's really cool about sticking to more whole foods is that they have benefits that something that refined sugar or high fructose corn syrup doesn't. So that's that on refined sugar. Three more things that I wanted to talk about going down the list. The next thing is going to be inflammatory oils. So that's going to be things like um, sunflower seed oil, soybean oil, vegetable oil. A couple issues with this. So the first issue is that there are so many of these oils that are used in the modern American diet or what you would typically eat if you had no education on nutrition. That's because they're so cheap and they're so readily available. That's going to be like if you go even to a healthy restaurant, they're probably going to use sunflower seed oil or vegetable oil because it's cheaper. Or even if you go to Chipotle, you might be thinking that it's pretty healthy, but it's probably not. Probably using these oils. Even like a lot of chips. I don't think there's any chip I've ever found except for Siete chips that don't have these oils in it. So the problem with that is that when we have so many of these oils, we're going to have an imbalance ratio of omega-3s to omega-6s. Okay, the issue with that is the omega-3s, which is a fatty acid or a fat source, basically, that and that's what's going to be in fish oil. That's why fish oil is so great. But when we have uh, an imbalance between the omega-3s and the omega-6s, so the inflammatory fats that are found in like nuts and seeds in these oils, well, when there's a high abundance, that ratio is going to be out of place. Like typically we want a two to one ratio of omega-6s to omega-3s. But a lot of the time, the standard American diet is like a 12 to 1 ratio where we have way, way too many omega-6s and not enough omega-3s. Now, you're probably like, I don't understand this. What is the point? Why does it matter? It matters because omega-3s anti-inflame and omega-6s inflame. So that's not to say you can't have nuts and seeds or occasionally these oils. But what happens is we don't have enough anti-inflammation. We're stuck in that chronic inflammatory state. Because we do need acute inflammation for cuts or colds, but we don't want that chronic inflammation. So that's where um, having an abundance of these oils is not so great, especially when these oils, this is the other issue, is that they're unstable and, and they're subjected to light or heat, they will go rancid. So especially when we're getting vegetable oil in those plastic containers that are basically see-through, that's like the worst case scenario. It's already rancid. It's already bad for you. And especially when they're processed with high heat and the chemical solvents, That means that they're already rancid when you're consuming them, regardless of the packaging. And that's going to cause the inflammation that we're talking about. And that's, again, with the corn, the canola, the cottonseed, soybean oils. This is where it's better to stick to an extra virgin olive oil, which has the antioxidants and the polyphenols, a coconut oil, which has antifungal properties, antibacterial properties, or even like an avocado oil, again, has really great properties to it rather than these inflammatory oils. So again, check your ingredients, even if it's peanut butter, just go in your cabinet and look at how many oils you're finding in your ingredients that aren't great for you. Even in like oat milk, 
you know, we think oat milk, okay, it's dairy free. Well, it has a lot of these oils. So really try and be conscious. And again, I'm going to say this a million times, but it's not to create fear in you. It's to get you educated that these things will impact your health and just to be an educated consumer so that you read ingredient labels so you can make smarter choices moving forward. Last couple of things here, which I'll talk touch on quickly, but it's going to be preservatives. A big one is nitrates and nitrites. They're added to foods to extend the shelf life. Again, they're preservatives. So this could be in like dairy products, beef, poultry, fish, especially processed meats like deli meats or even bacon. A large amount of these things are considered to be carcinogenic. So they're going to have a cancer risk. Intake of nitrates can specifically impact your liver and your kidneys. And actually, one of a PubMed study that I had pulled up was that in experiments conducted to date, 75 to 80 percent of nitrosamines tested have been found to be carcinogenic in mammals. We're a mammal. It's people as well. So you want to make sure that you're making smart choices and eliminating these things where you can. And just always check, especially, like I said, for deli meats and other processed meats, that they don't have these preservatives in them. Last thing, and I didn't know if I wanted to include this, but I think it's worth saying because a lot of people don't realize this, but gluten. So gluten is it's not inherently bad for every person. I just wanted to first say that. It's really not. But a lot of people have gluten intolerances. I would say, and again, a lot of people that I work with, I mean, they already have gut issues, but a lot of my clients, I'd say like nine out of 10 of them have an issue with gluten. And this doesn't have to be where, you know, you or have a celiac disease and you have an extreme reaction to gluten. It could be where you have an, an autoimmune condition, which is approximately like 50 million people in the United States have these autoimmune conditions. And gluten is not their friend. It actually will enhance inflammation further than what is already happening with their autoimmune condition. So people with a compromised immune system definitely want to minimize gluten. And then also the thing with gluten is it's heavily sprayed with glyphosate. So if you are going to get a gluten product, Try to get something like sourdough, which actually will degrade some of the proteins in gluten through the fermentation process, or just try and get organic so that you're minimizing the glyphosate. But yeah, so just a recap. So go in your pantry. You want to minimize non-organic foods, artificial food dyes, artificial sweeteners, refined sugar, inflammatory oils, preservatives, and then possibly gluten. I think those are the really big players. And I think that when you are educated and you have the right tools, you can figure out how to eliminate them from your diet. Again, just do the best that you can. This is really just educate you. And then, you know, if you're still having issues even further, this is where it'd be a really good idea to get coaching so that we can see why you're having some of these issues despite cutting out a lot of these things from your diet. But I can almost guarantee you if you're eating like shit right now, if you follow these guidelines, you'll feel a lot better. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you guys in the next one. Thanks again for listening to the Holistically Healthy podcast. If you enjoyed, make sure to leave a review as I will be picking one of you to win a free consultation with me every quarter. If you want more information or immediate help, head to www.wholenothingback.net and apply for coaching.